hello, ladies, gents, and everyone in between. Welcome to episode one of She They Podcast. I am one of two of your hosts, Miss Taylor Snyder. And I am Colty Leather. Wow. You know, I feel like I feel like I've been talking about this happening, having us having a podcast for at least the last eight months now. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's been, been a, a long this has been a long time in the making for sure. So I'm actually like super excited that we actually are sitting down and actually doing this and we're actually devoting some time to actually showing people the inner workings of our minds. Because exactly. I feel like a lot of people they see us, but they don't really know us. True. Yeah. True. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly feel like being an entrepreneur and being so busy and always working and devoting your life to your business. Um, I, I carry a lot of guilt and not being able to like uphold certain friendships and social mm. things. So yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't get to hang out with us and yeah. chat with us as much as I would love. Mm-hmm. So what better way to interact with everyone all over the world than with a fucking podcast, honey? Exactly. So here we are. And have we got something to say? Yes, we do have <laughs> quite a bit to say. If you know anything about either one of us, we are two very opinionated people. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so let's talk about this podcast, She, They. Let's explain what this whole podcast is really about. So basically, clearly, if the name is not obvious enough, she, they. It's clearly a play on words if you haven't put two and two together. Um, For those of you who don't know, my name, obviously, Taylor Snyder, and I am a transgender woman. I have been living my life in my truth for the last 14 years of my life. And of those 14 years, I've been a, a... sugar baby slash sex worker slash adult entertainer whatever you want to call it i've dabbled in every aspect of adult whatever so and then colty explain the relevance with they with you well i would say um i didn't know this really what the like i didn't really know how to explain this feeling growing up but Um, I feel like I never really fit in with the boys and I never really fit in with the girls. So, um, I never really felt fitting to, to call myself he or a man. Um, and so it wasn't until I was in college and I think that I got introduced to pronouns and that type of thing. And so, um, (laughs) so yeah. And then my, I can't, I don't know how many years goes by before you need your license, um, renewed, but, um, I, I needed my license renewed. I I don't know if it's like 10 years or something. I think it's like, yeah, it's like five or seven. And then I think it is in California. So anyway, um, they had just put the gender option on the DMV. Oh, that's right. And records. Yeah. No, in, in Oregon and Washington state, it's pretty straight shot and simple to change your gender legally. Huh? So correct. So, um, so yeah, I had the option to select X, which I did, which is cunt. Let's talk about that. It's cunt. (laughs) How many people can you, how many people, how many X's do you know? (laughs) Exactly. So I legal X's, legal X's. All my X's live in Texas. All my X's. So anyway, (laughs) um, 
So yeah, I think um, it's not, it hasn't been until really super recently that I feel like I've fallen in deep into my they um, identity, but mm-hmm. I love it and I continue to explore it further. I love that. You know, when I first started my journey, I identified as what you would deem as a they as well. So, but um, back then there was no word for it. No one was offended by things. So it's it was different. Back then I just called myself a fucking alien or androgynous or something. But I am happy that like we have made all this progress though. And I love, and I, I think a lot of people are probably like, also probably side-eyeing the idea that like we're doing this whole show together because there was at one point I you know I am very vocal about my opinion with uh, or I have been in the past about my opinion with non-binary people but also what people don't realize is like I once was a non-binary so everything I'm saying is like not meant to offend so but <clears throat> yeah no why um oh I should probably edit that part out <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm glad you said it. No, but wait. Um, while we're off the edit, do you, are we still in this part or we're still the just, significant? We're just we're still chatting about okay. it, yeah. So, um, but but like, talk a little bit more about the significance before we switch over. Just like, yeah. why did we create the podcast? Okay, yeah. Edit so all this out. Let's, let's edit that part out. So, so we started this podcast because we really just wanted people to hear what we have to say. We have we have opinions, and you know what? I think it's valid that we have an opportunity to t- speak our minds. And I know a lot of people actually have put a lot of value in things that we have to say, too. So um, for those that don't know, I actually had a podcast of my own, which is part of the reason why I was saying earlier when we first introed, we were like... I was like, oh, this has been like, you know, eight months in the buildup. And it was because Colty was supposed to actually come on my podcast. But um, with the evolution of what we're doing right now with our brands and everything that we've been working on, um, it just made sense to just do our own podcast together. So Colty and I really have been attached by the hip. So it really doesn't make sense for him to just be a guest. We really just need to have our own exactly I feel like we both have very strong opinions and I feel like I want a platform well I am very privileged to already have a platform my my Instagram and um but I feel like I would I need a way I wanted a way to like talk to my to my followers or just talk to the gay community in general um and share my opinions and share my viewpoint mm-hmm. um, from a gay man, from my perspective, mm-hmm. as a gay white man, um, and kind of like the you know the different things I've learned being white recently. And now, for those that are getting a little confused, maybe like because we just said that we're non-binary, like you don't really give two craps necessarily how anyone really identifies you, right? No, okay. I think honestly, I no, I'm no, 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 no. Um, Really, I don't. Which I neither think, do I, I in think, that same respect. I don't either. So I think as long as you just don't call me a straight-up man, <laughs> yeah. then um, I think I'm fine. But I think I'm pretty flexible. I'm not, um, I'm not necessarily triggered if you're, if, if you're using – if you're switching pronouns for me, but you're, but you're just doing it out of, like, you know, you're just talking a normal conversation, it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. 
But I mean, if you were doing it out of spite, like in an argument or something, that would probably bother me. Yeah, no. Of course that's bothersome. But you know what? Every time I've ever been misgendered, I always end up laughing. <laughs> it's just funny. It's probably it's usually like an ugly person that's that's misgendering you. It's always someone or someone <laughs> or someone I was a complete cunt to. So whatever. But um yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about our Wanna, mm, why don't we talk about you, Colty, first? Um, okay. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit more about your background, what you do, your uh, interests, all of that. Let people know who is Colty. Who is who, Colty Leather? Who is Colty? Who's Colty Leather? Well, um, hold on. Oh, we need a sip. Oh, I'm getting dry mouth. Honey. For those that don't know, we are actually uh, drinking wine right now. And before cold tea, before we introduce ourselves, um, I like I have let's to go just real quick. Oh, okay. Someone's gonna use a potty break. Before we introduce ourselves, I also did just want to make a light mention of the fact that we did make it very abundantly clear to the masses that. Um, we were going to be putting out video podcasts as well, which we are. And I know in my last podcast, I said that like every other week too, but, um, we actually are in the middle of renovating and, up uh, and doing up a really like legit professional podcast space. And so with the recent launch of our brand, for those that don't know, which we will hear more about in just a couple minutes, um, we've just been so swamped with that. So that is the reason why we don't have a video podcast this week. But next one, it will be a video podcast. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Yep. All right, so where were we? So Colton. Who is Colton? And who, who, is, who is Colton and who is Colty Leather? So let's start. Um, let's see. Well, I am a leather designer, and um, should we start? Should we start at the beginning? The year was nineteen twenty-three. Um, <laughs> well, I grew up in Eastern Oregon, uh, which is an awful place. Um, you know, maybe it's a little better now, but um, can't say I've ever been. It's pretty awful. Well, it was awful when I grew up, but. Um, they were very mean and um, did not like gay people or um, lots of different types of people. Sounds familiar. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I kind of channeled that energy um, and I got my ass out of there as fast as I could. And um, I moved to Portland. Back then, I literally thought Portland was New York. Mm-hmm. New York City. What year did you move to Portland? I moved to Portland in 2006. Okay. And I swear to God, I thought it was New York City. Like, going downtown and, like, seeing the skyscrapers. Like, I've, I'd never seen a skyscraper before. Well, coming from Eastern like, Oregon. Yeah. No. I'm used to, like, I, I swear, like, I'm used to running around barefoot mm-hmm. and just peeing wherever, like, in just off the edge of the yard or Hot. whatever. Yeah. Sexy. like. Where I grew up, the <laughs> the closest house is probably our our closest neighbor is probably uh, like thirty minutes away. Gorgeous. Like I never got to do trick or treating because there was no houses. Yeah. There was just cows. 
So the candy would have been shit anyway. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, um, so I moved to Portland as soon as I literally, I didn't even wait for the summer to end. Like I already had my shit packed before school was out. So I moved here and boom and went to college and to to college? I went to the Art Institute of Portland, Con. which we'll probably go into that in another episode, but um, there's history there. Yeah, it's now shut down. Oh. Um, oh, no. <laughs> on a, yeah, on a long list of other schools that got shut down as well. I love it. That's and um, so anyway. <laughs> I was looking for that one uh, sound effect. We can edit this out. Wait, so. Sad trombone. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what were you gonna add? What were you gonna add that to? I was gonna be like, "Oh, Art Institute shut down," oh. and then it was like, "Oh, did they?" <laughs> okay, so for those that aren't really up to speed, I mean, obviously we're learning our soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. We'll get better act in tune with it uh, in the coming episodes. We promise. Exactly. I know. <laughs> no, I'm going to abuse the soundboard. Literally, Fucking I just my gonna... brain has to learn where everything is. Absolutely. And... I'm going. We're going to fuck. Should we play let... with it really quick? Absolutely. We're going. We're let so you... ADHD, but that's culty. We're so. going to let you guys have it. Here. Fuck yeah, motherfucker! Okay. <laughs> actually, that, we should have played that as our intro because that right. that's actually our real intro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and a kitty cat girl. Where's Clint? Wait, hold on. Wait, oh, there's a for your jokes, your really bad jokes. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love it. And then here's a few that I added today. Yeehaw! Howdy, y'all! <laughs> Howdy, y'all! For those that can't tell, that's my voice. Um, I we we made a audio invite for our friends for this one like chili hoedown party that we threw like a few months back, and that was my voice <laughs> for the for the group chat. Oh, here's another one. It's my favorite. Oh gosh. Anyway, yeah, so, okay, we're still learning our sound bits. Anyway, so, as you were saying before, we so rudely interrupted No, ourselves. honestly, that's me. Um, for no. those, l- Let's talk about that. For those of you who don't know, I mean, this is also another reason why I wanted to start this platform is, you know, there are unique facets about us for that sure. peop- I want people to know and learn about yes. so people can better understand us and, mm-hmm. you know, understand our perspectives, but... Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's funny. We're bouncing around and like playing with a soundboard because literally, um, that's literally our brains. That's our brains. And, um, (laughs) I was, uh, super early diagnosed with ADHD when I was a little kid. Um, my, my, my mom sent me to therapy. Like, I don't even remember how early, like I had so many fucking issues as a kid, like, so many like um just like a mental and emotional issues and i remember like crying a lot and just and also like being bullied didn't help um but anyway i was diagnosed with adhd when i was probably like literally when i first started school i think it was literally when i fucking first started school um 
my mom was like, yeah, my teacher wrote my mom a letter and my mom was like, oh fuck, like this just isn't going to work. So I went to the pediatrician and I did, I did so much freaking testing. It was like weeks of testing with the therapist, with the therapist. And, um, so anyway, I was diagnosed with ADHD. You know what? I feel most creatives are blessed with some kind of, exactly. uh, and... you know, gift such as ADHD Correct. or autism or anything like that. Anything like that. Like, I'm not saying you're autistic, but like I'm saying like, no, I'm, but they're linked. ADHD crea- and autism are linked. Creatives have hyper brains. Correct. So that's just the way it is. No, and and I've talked about this with my therapist, and even she said, "Okay, would you? All right, because I've cried on her, and I'm when I've said like I I don't want to have ADHD, I don't want to have depression, I don't want to have this." And she's like, "Okay, would you switch places with a normal person? Like if I had a magic wand right now, would you, and poof, could, would you switch places with a normal normal person? Like it didn't even take me two seconds to say, oh fuck no, absolutely not." Like, yeah, my life is hard, but, like, I would never want to be a normie. Mm -hmm. I, like, my ADHD is my superpower. And it is, it is literally. hyper-focused. Yeah. I mean, yes. In some capacities. But, um, (coughs) the the, the creativity that it's Mm. brought me and the hyper-focus, the attention to detail. It's weird because I feel like there's so many symptoms that you can't, like, even explain mm-hmm. um like i feel like adhd has so many compounding symptoms where it's like a symptom caused by symptom caused by symptom so it's like really hard to even wrap it's not like oh my knee hurts it's like this weird i don't even know how to explain it it's like oh i'm late every day but like why are you late every day well it's because i don't get good sleep it's just like a chain reaction it's mm-hmm. just like anyway um, I think I have a very, very, very mild version mild. of ADHD. And so it's, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm definitely in ups for sure. <laughs> but I don't know. Every On my day-to-day life, I feel like I might have like a little <clears throat> so, ADHD about me. I, I actually suffer from the inattentive version. So I lack the H in my ADHD. I actually have ADD. So... Mm. Um, I actually lack the hyperactive part of my brain. So I need to take stimulants to like get my ass out of bed. Like I literally, mm. my brain, my brain lacks the part, like the part that creates adrenaline. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't like, it has to be an emergency for me to do it because I, my brain cannot make adrenaline. So it literally has to be an emergency. Mm-hmm. For it to create the smallest amount of adrenaline, mm-hmm. just to get me to, to even move. Well, that's why so, I wake you up every day with a cup of coffee. Boo. Yeah, with a fucking. Okay, so we make instant, and I know oh, everyone don't tell anyone this. Everyone's um, gonna say, "Ew." Probably. Yeah. But listen, we're entrepreneurs. Our we're business out. girls. We drink instant coffee in this house, and oh. we drink it for two reasons. One, we don't have time to brew coffee. Because we're busy, 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 busy girls. I mean, yeah. But two, <laughs> we like our coffee strong. And with instant, you could choose how freaking strong it is. That is true. So and she it, likes to make it into a syrup, yeah. a thick no, syrup. No, my coffee. I mean, I really took a break from coffee for a while, and I really, like, switched to tea. But honestly, ever since I've been back in Portland, and we've been, like, busting ass, like, 
coffee is necessary. And I love my sludge. And, <laughs> it really is sludge, though. And you know what? I mean, I'm kind of over having to go pay fucking Starbucks $5.45 every fucking morning for a grande cold brew. Exactly. So, yeah, it's I'll nice... stick with my Folgers Instant. Exactly. I mean, Why you... is it six fucking dollars for a cup of coffee? And it's not even, like, good. And I feel like it just keeps getting more And I don't and even savor it or enjoy it because I personally, <laughs> I hate the way coffee tastes. But like, so like every time I get a like grande, I just down it. Down it, down it, down it, chug it like it's a beer. Yeah. So that's why we drink instant because we're not enjoying it. Yeah. No, that's another thing like with ADHD. So why like, bother wasting the money on it? If we, don't, fucking... we don't necessarily want to enjoy our meals or, you know, we just, we just want the we want the sustenance and the protein and whatever the hell from the meal we don't well, necessarily want to enjoy it well that's true about food for me i'm a fucking foodie i'm a food snob but also i am not a food snob so <laughs> i definitely i don't know anything i definitely eat crackers and tuna and i also love five star restaurants so <laughs> i don't know anything about food i just know i love food I love food, but I have. Uh, we'll talk about it, that later in a different yeah. podcast too. Because well, so tell the listeners more about okay. how you became involved in being a leather designer and uh, everything that you've done up to now. Because your resume is quite extensive and what you've been able to do in your career. So why don't you tell a little bit for those that don't know? So um, after I graduated from college, I um, from the so Art Institute from the Art Institute of Portland. Um, with my bachelor's degree and, um, I actually even took enough extra electives to get an associates in fashion marketing. So, um, after that, um, I started looking for jobs and, um, I knew I need, I needed to work in something like in fashion or design or Mm -hmm. whatever. So, um, Actually, it was a freaking miracle because I feel like living in Portland, where we always like don't have what we want. Like, we're always like, oh, like there's not enough people to have a nightlife or enough gay clubs or you know, being kind of like a smaller town. It's definitely smaller. Like here, we yeah. always, there's always like something's missing. Like, oh, I wish there was a blank, but we don't have enough people that, to live here or whatever that mm-hmm. would you know use it or whatever. For context of people who don't know, Portland is really like, you know, it's a major metropolitan Pacific Northwest city and the population for this big major city is only 500,000 people. So in the grand scheme of things, there really is not a lot of people here. So, um, so for me to, so anyway, um, I started looking for jobs I would have loved to look for, I would have loved to work for like Nike or Adidas. I mean, so many people I went to school with, um, went straight into Nike and Adidas. But aren't you happy? Or Fred Meyer. I mean, there was a lot of people that went into working for Fred Meyer and they were literally just designing digital sketches for Fred Meyer. Do you know how? Designing what for Fred Meyer? For those that don't know, Fred Meyer is a grocery store chain here in Oregon. Yes. What are they designing for Fred Meyer? They're designing khaki t-shirts for old men. Or whatever, just like the stock clothes, boomers, Fred Meyer? Bo- boomer stock clothes. Yes. Wow. Like, how can you imagine? Can you imagine getting a freaking uh, fine arts degree and then you go work at Kroger, which Kroger owns? Sorry, Kroger owns Fred Meyer, but you just go work for their corporate and you're literally designing beige shirts. I mean, yeah, that's pretty. No. I wouldn't want that. And also, I mean, yeah, Nike and Adidas, they all sound that I, I well, bet at the time, I bet at the time that sounded really fabulous, so, but like, well, I actually was bo- not boycotting, but I was so against Nike and Adidas when I was graduating. Cause it was sporty and I was in my like 
coming out phase Mm -hmm. and I was like so against anything masculine or manly Mm -hmm. and Nike and Adidas was a man brand. Mm -hmm. And so hyper masculine, hyper masculine. And like back in the early 2000s, like we did not have permission (laughs) to be femme. Mm-hmm. at all not like today so anything like that i was like fuck that i don't want to go work for some basic bitch boring um man brand so um anyway i don't even know how it fell into my lap but there was a company on williams which is actually super close to my freaking house i was so lucky i could walk to work in three minutes Cute. so when my shift started is when i left my house and i got there and i would be three minutes late I loved it. It was so nice. Um, anyway, so it was yeah, down by the weed store, mm-hmm. and um, they made leather bags. They made vegan leather bags. And um, so anyway, it was Queen Bee. Queen... Vegan leather. Yeah. That's another episode. Yeah, that's all another fucking episode, because <laughs> we'll talk about that for sure. Vegan fucking leather. And I have, and I have articles to back it up. But anyway... Um, so they made vegan leather messenger bags and it was called queen bee and um but but also like um queen bee was no queen bee was known around portland to be like well-known bags like Mm -hmm. when you get on the max um queen bee started the put a bird on it if you know that slogan about portland um if you've watched if you've watched portlandia um I have watched Portlandia, but not a lot of episodes. I've only seen like maybe two of them, but I know well, we need to rewatch they it. Make, we definitely should we watch should it. We should watch it. Yeah. But they make fun of Portland, or it's about Portland, uh-huh. and um, there's an episode called it's Put so a Bird on It's so easy to make fun of Portland. Like, I'm so happy. I, that's because funny that's, that they made that show. Because <laughs> that's literally in the fucking early 2000s. It was so disgusting. That's what every designer was doing. They took a basic plain toe, and they slapped a bird on it, and then they sold it at the fucking bookstore. It was so boring. Love that. So anyway... Um, Queen Bee was um, splitting into two companies. They were splitting into like production and retail. Mm -hmm. And um, because they were making everything in house, just like us. Mm -hmm. And um, and it just it grew too big, which I think we're going to be we're going to literally take up their space. Probably. Um, It grew too big. And so they decided to split into two separate companies and one would just be retail and sell the bags and one would be uh, manufacturing and would make the bags. Mm -hmm. So. Um, so anyway, that was how Spool Town was born. And so anyway, they needed a product developer and I went in, it was literally all kind of like so crazy how it all worked out. Cause I feel like every time I've ever gone looking for jobs, it, I'm just like always slammed with the door in my face. Like I cannot get a good job, hmm. but anyway, um, like mall jobs and shit. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, I f- this job was like so fucking perfect, and I was literally like so insistent, like, and so I kept going back and bugging her, and um, I gave her my resume, like I I don't even I don't know if I like brought her like flowers or fruit basket or something I can't remember I was just bugging the shit out of her because I fucking wanted that job, but she didn't want to hire me because I was literally uh, twenty. Oh. And so she was like, I'm not going to fucking hire a 20-year-old to, like, run a department. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so anyway. Um, Little did she know. I begged her for the job. And um, so anyway, um, it was literally my best dream job ever. I killed it. I got so fast that I was able to pattern 
prototype and sample <coughs> one entire full bag in a day, one whole day, in 12 wow. hours, in 12 hours, 12 hours straight. But I had, but I had to like have everything ready, like no hiccups, you know, but like once I had my calendar, my, I had like my calendar booked, I would literally come to work, grab the folder. Like I would just start cutting, patterning, mm-hmm. write up the things, type it up. Boom. I could Proof literally yourself. do it. I could literally do it in 12 hours and it literally, and then they, then they were like, Oh, you can do it in one day. Okay. Then you're going to do 30 bags a week, a month. Cunt. Here we go. <laughs> so anyway, so I just went buck ass wild prototyping and I got so much knowledge prototyping bags um, and also learning my favorite thing, learning from everyone else's mistakes, mm-hmm. watching all the clients fail or make bad decisions and then, you know, having to like correct it. Um, I feel like taught me a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot where I didn't have to like suffer through those mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we worked, I worked at school town for like, I don't know how many years I'll have to look at my LinkedIn, but, um, a good solid, maybe two years or longer and yeah. maybe three years. Fuck. I want to say like five years, but fuck anyway, losing track of time. Um, so Anyway, I worked there for so long and I was like, you know what? I want to start my own product development business. And then she was like, no, you're going to be competing with me. Fuck off. And so then she sent me a non-compete and um, like legal documents and I sent them back. And so I started my own brand. And so that's where I started my own factory. Mm -hmm. And then I also started Colty. And um, basically I feel like... um, you know, like being bullied in high school and then also kind of like my boss turning into a bully. I feel like I was able to kind of like turn that energy back around and like do what I wanted to do with that energy, like mm-hmm. kick ass with that energy and like make things happen. Mm-hmm. So, and, and so when you finally started your brand, the direction that you decided to go in was obviously handbag design because that's what your degree is in. So, but you also started doing more BDSM wear and harnesses and chokers and all kinds of stuff like that. But like explain more like what else have you designed? Like what else have you done? So yeah, I love handbags. So I started doing a lot of handbags and I got um, some heavier weight machinery that can sew leather, um, which not a lot of people have. And I think a lot of people are kind of scared to make bags. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people take for granted the amount of work and machinery and all the things that are involved into just making one tiny piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So intricate. This is something I'm learning as I'm learning to do it with you. Yes. So, um, so then, uh, after I started my brand, um, I got really into like BDSM Mm -hmm. and bondage and the, all of those kind of vibes. And, Um, so then I started making harnesses and it kind of just went fucking crazy. And after that, um, I had enough product to start doing shows, fashion shows. And so, Mm -hmm. um, there was two shows at the time there was fade to light and fashion next and fade to light went twice a year Mm -hmm. and fashion next was just in the fall. Mm -hmm. But fashion next is kind of like the big, 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 you know, finale of the year. 
for those who don't know, this is actually how Colty and I first really got introduced was because when I moved to Portland back in 2018, first, um, me and Colty connected on through Instagram and I actually modeled in two shows for you, one Fade to Light and one Fashion Next. So we have history with these shows. Yes. So, um... So, let's see. I think we're talking like 2015, 2017, or around that. Well, my, around. I was 2018. So okay. Right okay. before. Oh, okay. Right yeah, before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I started I started the brand in like mm-hmm. 15, 17. So, like, by the time that you were walking for me, I think you that was like... You were already pretty established. Yeah. I was pretty mm-hmm. established, and that was like my second season, my third season. Mm-hmm. Those were literally like the glory years. Like, my, like my growth on social media... It was crazy. I mean, it's been plateaued. I think everyone's been plateaued for a while, but like... Yeah, it's really hard to grow right now. To be just like a little, like, small town boy and like post on social media and then just to have like that kind of rush of growth like all at once with like within a year is kind of crazy. Um, And then um, it literally just popped off. Like um, every magazine, every newspaper... Every single fucking publication in town want, had to interview me because they were mm-hmm. just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, who's this guy crazy, like, blah, 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 like, popping off. Um, because, like, at the complete heyday of it all back in the day, I was doing Fade to Light twice a year in the spring and in the fall. Mm-hmm. And Fade to Light is different than Fashion X because I was able to, like, be more creative and have fun and, like, do, like, more nudity and more just out crazy outlandish designs and more yes. avant-garde stuff yeah so that's why i love doing um fade to light yeah. um, fade to light was cool i had my tits out for that show exactly yes and we all everybody <laughs> ripped out of cocoons that is right we were in full body stockings and then colty put all the models men included doesn't matter if they're straight gay whatever the fuck every single person on that runway had nails like that were like five inches long stiletto nails that we had to glue on the last fucking minute on our hands backstage and then put body stockings over our fucking bodies and then put bags on top of us as well and then we had to rip through the body stockings with these long ass fucking nails mind you i'm also tits out in pleasers so there's the video footage is actually when it looks like i'm about to fall over i didn't think i was but yeah a lot going on but i loved it i didn't realize how (laughs) actually scary that was for you guys like oh my god just walking walking down the runway in heels with a body stocking honestly when we were inside the body stocking yeah it was sheer but it was very vision obstructing because the lights were so fucking blinding because they were just shining in your face so you didn't know where the fuck you were walking for a hot minute until you ripped your i pushed you guys to the fucking limits. Like, I didn't even consider, like, what your guys' perspective was going to be. I was like, this is going to look cool. You guys are going to do it. And I don't care how it gets done. Just no, fucking yeah, walk I was out. Like, I was like... And you're going to do it in eight-inch heels. I was like, whatever. I'll do it. <laughs> I think it was actually, like, those shows where, um, where I feel like I got my reputation. Probably. It, those Fade to Light shows. Um, just being known for doing runway, known for doing like big elaborate stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, knowing really for risking cool, it all. The really, that was a really cool concept though. The fade to light show mm-hmm. that we, I was a part of. And even the video that we did was really kind of we, cool. Oh my God. Actually. Um, we did that's the, the okay. That that's is the, the first. I recorded it. Yeah. So 
that is well, we're like jumping ahead to a different part of the section of the For show. Sure. But like that's well, the we're first still introducing you and we're getting to know introducing you. Introducing us, yeah. yeah. But like that okay, so but the I was literally just gonna skip over Fade to Light, like it wasn't even that important. But if that would listen, that's that how we met. Show, that was the very first show, yeah. And oh my god, this is so important. Yes. Um us working together because mm-hmm. we were Instagram friends, mm-hmm. but I thought you were like too cool for me. Ta. And <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, I can't believe she even like messaged me or like even mess like fucking liked my shit. Um, like I just followed you and I thought you were, I thought you were just too cool for me. But anyway, um, and so that's why I asked you to model, but I was like too scared to even ask you to model because I thought like, oh, she has way better things to do. <laughs> no, not at all. I was so happy to model because I was just like, you know, when I moved to Portland, I was like, this is what my, this is literally, okay, you're going to, you, some people might hate this, some people might like this, but when I moved to Portland, I was like, I really hadn't a fucking clue what I was going to do, so... I'm not going inter- to, I don't want to interrupt too much, but like, yeah, like I had no idea what I wanted to do. So my whole thing was like, I just wanted to be, I just wanted to network and I wanted to get to know people. And like, I thought that it was going to be a lot easier for me to elevate myself here in a smaller city as opposed to trying to elevate myself back at home where I'm from LA and every, it's a fucking rat race in LA. Everyone's trying to fucking scramble somewhere. So yeah, like I'm already in my thirties. So like it was, it was going to be easier for me overall, but anyways, moving on. So um, that, that, that shoot was really sentimental. Like I literally forgot yeah. how, um, that was our first creative project. Yeah. Because the video. And so, so for how, fade, what, for did the I fade ask de- you for no. help for the fade delight show? Yeah. So for the fade delight show, Colty and I, I did more than just model for Colty. We, I actually, did, How did I ask you for help? I don't even I don't even remember honestly how you asked for help, but it turned in I think it was just because like I you knew that I had experience in doing like some videography and some photography stuff because I do I do have a background yeah. in that I have worked for um, a couple major brands you know I worked for India Motorcycle and I worked for a couple Forbes featured companies, a couple Instagram brands that have millions of followers. And so I did marketing and product photography and videography for them. So I think like, and then I also, at the time when I was working at the, um, the notorious bar known as stag here in Portland, I also did some content for them. So, um, but yeah. And then like, it just like, so I ended up shooting Colty's campaign shoot for that season for Fade Delight, and it was really cool. We got one of the local drag queens, Missy Nana, and we got, covered her in slime and really we ruined made, her oh body. Oh my god, we <laughs> ruined her body. Entirely. We'll repost some of those. We'll repost Almost some of these videos. Blind. We'll repost some of these slime videos on the She They um, website, so you guys can see the slime videos. <laughs> yeah. Um, things we talk about, we'll post on our website. So you guys can go on the website and see what the hell we're talking about. That's actually a good idea. Like I think pictures of mm-hmm. shit or just some, a couple of references if we reference something funny or cool. Yes. Um, but we appreciate that. We made homemade slime. Yes, we did. And okay. I know you guys think whatever, everybody makes slime. Yeah. We're not talking like craft slime. Anybody can make craft slime out of glue. We made like alien old fashioned. Yes, exactly. Sick. Old fashioned alien 
is it Alien or Alien vs. Predator? It's that just movie? like that Alien Goose line. But, it, ha- it, looks but like. it had to be the kind that stuck and strung together. So mm-hmm. like when it literally had like these long threads of slime. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I found this really cool recipe online, but it was like cornstarch and whatever the That's hell. That's all it was. Yeah. It was and gross. we baked it on the stove. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, I think we made three gallons Probably. of slime. You know, as a big girl, though. If not, more. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how much slime we fucking made. We tarped an entire room of, of my house. Drop cloths, tarps, mm. everything. We made the whole place waterproof. Tarped the walls, everything. And, yeah, we had fucking Inanna, like, all slimed out. And yeah. Anyway, go watch the it video. Lit- it literally looks like Inanna's, like, breaking out of a placenta. It's really sick. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was mine and Colty's, like, first interaction. And here we are now. And, like, for those that aren't up to speed, I mean, if you aren't up to speed, kind of, and you're watching this, you're kind of in the dark and you're living under a rock. If you are here, then you should know about... Um, my brand traveling career girl and our collaborative effort that we've been working on mm-hmm. over the last like what year it's well, really I've, been a year i've always wanted to work with you mm-hmm. like when we were doing the shoot when we were doing the shoot back then mm-hmm. i wanted to like literally just i wanted to like 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 let's like we just needed, we need to do i wish we were doing what we were doing now back then mm-hmm. but you had a husband and you were married Not a and you were husband. and you were <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. That well, you were shacked up and you had priorities. Sure. <laughs> and I was single back then. That's true. You were. And I was just like, "Ugh, why can't you be more single like me?" I know. And I was just like in full fucking entrepreneur mode. Full home mode. And I was like, "You don't need to be in wife mode. You need to be in fucking entrepreneur mode." Yeah. So, I always wanted to fucking work with you. Always like it's literally been my whole, my dream. Because I knew it was going to be magic when the day came. Mm-hmm. It was going to be fucking magic as fuck. Yes. So anyway, sorry. And here we are. But here we are. So, well, I love the story, the backstory. And there, here we have Colty Leather. Like, you know, world famous, world renowned fucking leather designer that has designed for... Let's. What are some of the other celebrities that you've worked for, that you've designed with? Like, let's, let's, let's list your resume so, real quickly. Just real quick. Okay, so really quick. Know really quick. Accolades. Really quick. Um, so I think part of the reason why maybe is, um, so I did a lot, we, I did a lot of shows. I did Fade Delight. I did Fashion Next. Oh my God, I'm holding this so close to my face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fashion Next is probably one of the most biggest, extravagant, beautiful, longest, most impressive runways Definitely on the East Coast. No, West Coast, you mean. Oh, my God. Fuck. West Coast. Definitely on the West Coast. Uh-huh. Maybe, let's, maybe on the East Coast, but, like, you know, second, maybe second to New York Fashion Week. Nothing, com- nothing compares to New York Fashion Week. Yeah, nothing compares to New York Fashion Week. But, but definitely... if you haven't seen Fashion Next Runway, it is, it is um, like, just so freaking impressive. Please go watch the promo videos online because... The runway is a hundred feet long, stark white, beautiful tile, um, um, literally over a hundred lights, mm-hmm. over a hundred can lights on the ceiling, whatever, on mm-hmm. the, like, the truss. Anyway, um, one of the As biggest- As a model that has walked in, it is a very impressive runway, and it was a very impressive runway very... show. It's very like professional, very put together, and it's, Striking. A, it's a great show for designers to be able to like, you know- 
have elevate their fucking brand literally elevate their brands as opposed to like you know i know that they're what what is it like there's some other fashion weeks that are a little more chaotic like los angeles fashion week a little chaotic yeah Yeah. so yeah this is a multi-designer show Mm -hmm. which a lot of the shows in la will be just single designer shows which running or uh, producing a show gets really freaking expensive very um which me and taylor are writing a book called uh runway shows for dummies yeah literally so we're actually (laughs) writing an ebook that we're going to release on um amazon one of these days it'll get there no (laughs) it's going to be right after uh it'll probably be by july next july yeah i see it maybe no no i'm sorry january january oh january now at least definitely by july well fuck honey i better rack my brain then we're gonna have a hardback (laughs) we're gonna have a hardback um, if you guys know like the fashion business ma- uh, manual, it's like one of my favorite books. We're gonna write it. We're gonna kind of like write it like that, but it's gonna be like a fashion how to basically how to produce a fashion show. Con. I love and it. so we'll have that. E- it'll be an ebook and also a hardcover, and we'll have that ready by next year. Yeah. Um, so you guys can download that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so but anyway, not, so, not only so fashion next. But so I feel like fashion next gave me like such a huge platform, and and honestly. Anybody who's ever worked with Fashion Next, models, makeup, hair, um, designers, anybody who's ever worked for Fashion Next, as soon as you're done, you're literally getting booked for other shit. Mm-hmm. It's literally a, a little, a certain stamp of approval, like you've made it, at least in Oregon mm-hmm. um, and Seattle. It's a little stamp of Seattle. approval, approval, you know, you're legit. So mm-hmm. you literally start getting booked for everything after that. Mm-hmm. Which plat- so, which spiraled into so working with. So, um, I owe, I owe a lot to Beauty Boys in Seattle because they actually put me in touch with Bosco. Bosco from Drag Race, yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. So, and they did it like even before the episode aired. So mm-hmm. they reached out to me. I had to sign a non disclosure, mm-hmm. and um which I think is over because the show's over. But Very, I, yeah. But um, I basically, they literally told me that they would sue me for like, I don't know if it was like $5 million <laughs> if I told anybody about what was going to happen. Oh, wow. They literally sent me a contract. This is going to be a perfect soundbite. They literally sent me a contract that said they were going to sue me for $5 million. That's hot. <clears throat> I want to get sued for five million dollars. Um, <laughs> if I said a peep about um, anything, so anyway, um, it was about six months ahead of or, yeah July or whatever the fuck. Anyway, it, it was it, I did this work in July, and I think that they did the filming in like February or mm-hmm. something, and it aired in February. But anyway, I had I literally had to keep it a fucking secret for like um, for months. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell anybody. Be- and that was your first interaction with a Rue girl. Correct. Yeah. Working with a Rue girl. Okay. And like, and um, yeah, lots of Rue girls have like asked for shit to be on their, you know, red carpet, this and that. But like um, to be asked uh, to be on the show is like a whole nother fucking level. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, your shit is going to be on the main stage mm-hmm. on TV. So and that was crazy because I actually do remember watching that episode because I believe that was in during a uh, pandemic, during COVID, during lockdown, right? It was like around, it was during that time, I'm pretty sure, when everyone was just glued to their fucking TVs. 
that was the fucking season. I think so. Yeah, it was 2020. And I remember watching it, and I remember watching Bosco's season, and I didn't even, and we weren't talking at the time because we were just, we had lost touch, and I already moved back to L.A., and I remember just watching the TV, and I remember watching Bosco, and I was like, ooh, that's a con outfit, a pink little mold chap, like a little fringe. And I thought it was pretty. I thought it was real cute. And then lo and behold, I'm checking Instagram, and then all of a sudden you're posting Bosco, and I'm like, oh, here's Colton fangirling over Bosco. <laughs> I really realized that you made the outfit. No way. I thought I didn't realize you made it. And I was like, holy shit, he made the fucking outfit. I was like, wow. Yeah. But yeah, there we go. And that's how I found out about it. And then I was like, yo, that's fucking fierce. So after Bosco, my life has been an absolute fucking like snowball. Mm-hmm. Like in fucking insane. Um, I literally put together a notes app because I've worked with one celebrity every single month. Mm-hmm. For the whole year. Cute. Like, insane. Mm-hmm. And then this year, I've worked with you, with your, you, with one celebrity all six months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm the celebrity. I'm exactly. the celebrity, darling. Oh, but boy. yeah, last year, that year, I literally worked with one celebrity freaking a month. Mm-hmm. So yeah, after Bosco. No, but this year, you did tackle two, you did tackle a couple of Rue Girls this year. We worked with, um... We did, you know, we did work with uh, Carrie Colby and Dahlia Sin. So those are some couple people that you made some fabulous chain dresses for. Um, couture pieces, literally couture. Quality. So you you elevate yes, yeah. you elevated yourself from showing ju- that you just only just work with leather. Now it's, it's more than just leather and and harnesses and bags. It's like now you're doing like full blown like couture. But I say like how I set myself apart from other designers is I say like. I think I'm, I do a lot of the like materials that people aren't willing to touch Mm -hmm. the scary materials. I think that's, I don't think necessarily I'm like, you know, only a harness designer, only a bag designer, but like, um, you know, plastic things that like, like acrylic or metal or chain or, Mm -hmm. um, just, you know, unconventional materials are my game. Like I can literally make anything out of out of anything. Um, so I think that's, um, why the girls started hitting me up. And Mm then, um, another agency hit me up, which put me in touch with Nike. Mm -hmm. And then I started doing a lot of gigs with Nike. And then, um, basically they had me doing their like, um, like special projects Mm -hmm. department and they were doing like red carpet events and, um, like swag bags and things like that. So, so whenever a celebrity was like dressed in Nike, like correct. you were the one who was constructing the the, would, the outfits for them, mm-hmm. the couture custom outfits from Nike. So yeah, when they when Nike was supposed to be on the red carpet, any red carpet, they would mm-hmm. get get in touch with me. Hot, and so by proxy, you got Meg the Stallion mm-hmm. and Brett Man Rock. And uh, there's a couple other people I'm assuming. Drake. Drake was a big one. And Travis Scott. Travis Scott. So yeah, you have a fucking resume, love. So yes. for those that aren't up to full speed. But um, yeah, major. So um, that's basically been my last year. It's mm-hmm. just been a fucking whirlwind. And it's, and then now we're working on Traveling Career Girl I've been, and our collab. I'm kind of the expert in town for, can you get this done in 24 hours? Like, I literally did 50 jackets for Travis Scott in 24 hours. Sick. Yeah. And um, because they were, like, done wrong, not by me, but mm-hmm. then needed, like, to be redone. So, um, 
but anyway, yeah, that's kind of been like my last year has just been like hustle, 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 like literally just top speed. Mm-hmm. And like, if I take, if I crash and take three days off, like I don't give a fuck because As I literally, shouldn't. I'm just hustle, 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 yeah. hustle, hustle. I'm the same way. Which no I think sleep, that's why no we sleep. get along so another well. Club, like, we work club, so well together. Club. Like as soon as we wake up, we start working. Yeah, literally. Laptops out. You know, we need breaks. We take breaks. We get it. Yeah. So I love that. Well, Colty Leather, ladies and gentlemen, this is the this is the, the the lady behind everything. So this is the one who makes it all possible. She's the one. The one. The only. The only. Colty Leather. I can't wait to share more <laughs> of who I am. You'll podcast. see more of her fucking personality, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny if we like get like a little like debacle on the online. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, watch. Knowing us, we'll probably have a, a scuffle or two one of these days, maybe on there. Who knows? Uh, all right. Well, so and anyway, then... enough about me. Let's talk about you. Yeehaw! Howdy, y'all. Howdy, y'all. It's me, Miss Taylor Status. There's my Dagundra. Sorry. My Dagundra. That was not the soundboard <laughs> for you guys. Just, just so you know, that was not the soundboard that time. She's a little gassy. <laughs> well, okay, so let me introduce myself. <clears throat> so my name is Taylor Snyder, as I said earlier. I am a transgender woman. I've been living my life as such for 14 years. I, um, so of many of my, of much of my adult life, I have been a sex worker. I have been heavily involved in this world for many years. But not only that, I've also done other things that have coincided with my adult entertainment career. Um, so I've worked for a couple major brands. I've worked for, um, like, you know, I've worked, I was a makeup artist for a long time. For those of you that have known me for a while, I was a makeup artist. I uh, worked with Mac for a while. And, um, just within this last year was when Colty and I decided to collaborate. And that's when I started to do my own little entrepreneurial journey and I decided to start a brand and a business and that brand and business is called Traveling Career Girl. And um yeah, I think like a year yeah, it was like a year ago I was so I here's the backstory about where this whole journey began with me as far as becoming this new version of myself, this entrepreneurial version, if you may. So that's a new entrepreneurial version. I bitch, I thought you've been born an entrepreneur. Well, no, trust me, I have. I am a a hoe is an entrepreneur at heart. Once a hoe, born a hoe. Through you cannot tell me anything otherwise. Yes, I literally make. So much money with no product. Oh my so god! <laughs> you guys have no idea how much money Taylor makes. Like it's sick, sick. Shut up, sick. As sick. she would say. Whoa. Wait, wait, hold on. Where the fuck is the cunt? Cunt, cunt. Okay, keep talking and I'll upload it. Cunt. Okay. So anyway, um, what was I saying? Where was I at? So yeah, this whole journey. I think. Okay, so I for those that. I mean, well, okay, so I 
have a situationship with someone that I will just refer to him as Sugar Bear. So, Sugar Bear Wait, and hold I. On. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I wanna ch- Wait, hold on. I want to test something out. Wait, hold on. What's his name? Wait, hold on. I, I something. It didn't work. Say it one more time. Okay, it's. Oh my god! Wow, it's okay. like. Dad, that's his name. Wait, did you guys hear it? Okay. Please leave um, hearts in the comments if you heard it. Okay, that's his name. So, <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, so Sugar Bear and I. We uh, we do this thing where I go over to his house and we will literally just hang out with each other for like hours and hours and hours and we'll just like smoke, we'll just rip bong hits and we'll just hang out in the jacuzzi and we'll just like slam screwdrivers and we'll just like talk bullshit. We'll just like sit and talk. We just enjoy each other's company a lot. So anyways, we were in the magic hot tub. We call this hot tub the magic hot tub because we blew up all of our ideas. Oh, Clint. <laughs> um... We, this is where we brew up all of our magical ideas. We, we would come up with, we would just think about things. We would just like come up with ideas and like think about life. And so there was one day we were sitting in the hot tub and we were thinking like, oh, we should like, you know, start a business because Sugar Bear actually is a uh, thrice failed entrepreneur himself. So, but, so we would talk about entrepreneurship and all of his like, you know, attempts at it. But um, we decided, oh, one day, oh, maybe we should, like, do something. Like, and so him and I, we actually share a passion, and we love um, this one show in particular. And it's a very popular show. It's still out. We're waiting on the last half of the season of it. But for those that do watch it, Yellowstone with Kevin Costner is probably one of the best shows on the planet. And if you haven't watched it, you need to go watch it right now. It, I will say it has kind of cornied out a little bit at the uh, this last season, but it's still really good. So if you haven't watched it, go watch Yellowstone. But anyways, if you're familiar with the show Yellowstone, you know that when you become a part of the Yellowstone Ranch, the ranch brands you with their big Y branding iron. And uh, so... Sugar, the, em- the employees. Yeah, the. Empl- I haven't watched the show. Okay, well, so yeah, you have not watched the okay. show, but and I'm surprised you haven't watched the show because again, you grew up in the boonies and you're familiar with that whole lifestyle. Familiar, but I don't need to relive it. Well, you don't need to relive it, but it's. Fu- Shut up! You just watch it. You need to watch it's it. It's literally probably it's, boring as hell and no, it reminds not. me. It's probably like um, it's probably like a show of like old grannies rocking in a rocking chair. No, it's not. So good, full of action, <laughs> fucking hot cowboys too. Anyway, so we're sitting in the hot tub and we're like, oh, and it was, I think it was right around, actually it was in September last year. So it was right before Halloween. So it was coming up to, yeah, about a year. And so we're sitting in the hot tub and we're like, oh, what's a really good Halloween costume idea? Maybe something we could like pitch to Spirit Halloween or something. And we thought, oh my God, what if we just like, idea. what if we just like mass produce temporary tattoos of the scar that was left behind by the Yellowstone branding iron and then... It costs like maybe like half of a fucking penny to produce these tattoos and then you mass produce them and then you sell them for like three or four dollars each fucking tattoo and then you just throw on a flannel shirt and there's your costume. So we thought, oh my God, this is such a fabulous idea, blah, 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 blah. So um, of, of course we looked into it and then we found out like, oh, there's like a ton of fucking temporary tattoo companies where you can literally upload your own design and then like in a matter of like 24 hours, you get your own... Uh, 
you get your own temporary tattoo and whatever design you want. So then we're like, okay, well, that's a failure. So then I was thinking like, okay, well, what's something that I could fucking market and mat and and produce and um what's something that I could market and produce that is relevant to who I am as a person and at the time I was thinking you know I travel quite extensively you know I again am a traveling career girl I am a sex worker and I and for those that don't know the term traveling career girl is also like it's a play yeah it's coin it's a play on words for sure um so it could mean like you know you're a hoe, or you could it could mean that you're actually like you know, an actual businesswoman. Cunt. So, client exactly. So I'm trying to hold on, I'm in the process of sending this to the computer. <laughs> so I thought, okay, well, what's something I could do? And so, yep. So we decided that, or I decided like, okay, maybe I should just start selling passport holders. And, um, that's where it all started. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to like just do this vegan leather bullshit because I myself personally, even before I met Colton, I fucking could not stand vegan leather. I think vegan leather is disgusting. I hate vegan leather and we are going to do a whole goddamn episode on it and Mm -hmm. we will educate the world about the atrocity of Vegan leather. Yeah. It is so freaking bad for the environment. It's not even funny. That like, yeah, you're worried about the environment, and you think Stop like you, vegan you think you're thinking like, oh, I can't play into like v- leather because it's like cruelty to animals and it's bad for the environment. I'm like bullshit. You know what's worse? Vegan leather. It is. Uh, and you know what? Do you know it, what it, vegan leather is made out of? Dinosaurs. Sick. Do you want to know who's dead and extinct and not coming back? Dinosaurs. Yeah. Do you want to know a renewable resource? Leather. Cows. Yes. So when fucking, and when me and Colton got linked up, like, you know, it just amplified my disdain for (laughs) my disdain for vegan leather. So, but anyway, so I, I, I once, so when I realized like, okay, I, I don't want to be working with some cheap material and I don't want to do the cheap route because anything that I'm going to slap my name on, and, and I don't care how famous or unfamous I am, like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it correct. So I, what, that and was that's why we're working together. Exactly. So I thought in my head, I'm like, okay, who the fuck do I know that works with fucking leather that knows what the fuck they're doing that could help me mass produce a bunch of passport holders and lo and behold it was Colty Leather and so I called her up and I was like Colty I'm like what is this gonna take for us to make some passport holders and then one thing led to the fucking next and this bitch is talking me into making bags cunt cunt and now I literally have like a full fledged fucking line of fucking amazing. I forgot duffel bags, backpacks, fanny packs, crossbodies that all fucking work together. It's utility and design patent pending. Like I really had no idea that everything that we worked on would be where we're at today. Like I had no idea, no concept. I don't I even know. I couldn't even, I can't even grasp it still. It's still like so fresh to me. And mind you, we're about like, we're literally actually today is a week anniversary since our actual launch and uh, of Traveling Career Girls. So it's been a, a week exactly today. We launched on July 31st at noon. And so far the response has been fucking crazy. Oh my God. Wait, tell me so, the stats of the post. 
Well, our first our cam- initial campaign post. So our campaign video, uh, the stats of it, we ended up getting close to like, I think we're close to 50,000 views on Instagram. Uh, just on Instagram. Um, we haven't even uploaded to YouTube yet. We, um, we're still learning TikTok, of course. I feel for those of, I mean, for I feel like for those that aren't like already like well in tune with TikTok, I feel like TikTok is just so fucking weird for everyone. <laughs> I just like I, I still don't understand TikTok a hundred percent, but I know I'm gonna fucking get it. Like I'm learning every day. Every day I'm learning about TikTok. But um, yeah, so here we are, and I have a bag line now, and. I and so Colty and I went, went so when when we started this line it was it turned you know I had no idea what we were in store for I had no idea what we were going to do what it was going to look like so then ended up flying Colty down and we went shopping for leather and we just shopping for inspiration different materials and then we ended up finding like you know the first edition of the materials that we're using today like so like Basically, like, we found, like, some black croc and some white croc and some baby pink and some Tiffany blue leathers, but they were, like, shit in comparison to what I we have today. Moods leather is so bad. We bought all of this Now that you Moods. know, okay, I feel like it was, I love how much you've learned and grown oh in just such a short amount of time. Yeah. Because, like, seeing you shop at Mood is so different now than, like, seeing you shop at Tandy. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Like, now you're, like, a snob. (laughs) No, for sure. So, when it comes... So, for those of you that (laughs) are... Now you're a leather snob. Literally. For those of you that are kind of familiar with, like, you know, fabric stores and leather shopping and, like, if you already design yourself or anything like that, you know about Mood fabrics. And... I think Mood is cool. I love Mood. I'll still go to Mood. I'll shop at Mood. I'll buy some shit they're from so, Mood. They're very it's good a great place to go. For fabric. It's a, bla- it's a great place to start if you're looking for inspiration. And dress and, fabric. And dress fabric and that type of shit. But so the leathers, the first leather samples that we got, they were just like in comparison to what we have in production is like, oh my God, what the fuck were you thinking? It's but probably like, about the same price. It know. was. It w- totally was. It totally was. Um, so whatever. We wasted money. It's fun. It's, I, I love that. Those are fa- our prototypes. That's my fast. That's my pastime, wasting money. So, um, yeah, so we, we ended up getting the leather and then we ended up working. We literally spent like months working on the initial prototype of these bags. Like literally we went through so many different versions. Like we, there was this one version of the bag we made with straps instead of the hooks. Mm, And that was, that was cool. I still like the strap idea. So like this bag, like actually attaches just with like leather straps instead of the metal rings that we have now. But honestly, I feel like you, the customer would probably have more of appreciation for the silver rings. It's just a little easier, but we did work through a lot of fucking prototypes and it took a lot of effort and hours, days, weeks actually to come up with the design we have now. And it's yeah. literally flawless. Like, I, you know, just, I, know. I almost don't know if, how to, how I to feel make like I, <laughs> I feel like I literally drove you completely fucking insane. That first prototype, but because I asked you too many questions, like, well, do you want it six inches no. or do you want it five inches? No. Okay, and do you want it five and a half inches? No, those were all questions. Those were all questions <laughs> that I was like, I need. We needed to. An- we needed to ask. We needed to answer and everything. I think where my frustration was was I was just like, I am such a fucking 
floor it type of bitch. I'm just like, nope, like we're gonna do this like gas pedal, like slam it through the fucking ground, like and just just get speed, it done, just get it the fuck done so that we can get the fucking move on. With I mean, shit. we could have just slapped something together. We could have, but we didn't. And you know, I'm kind of grateful we didn't because ultimately, this looks so much better. And so the way so much better. the way that these bags have become an entire universe mm-hmm. is crazy. Like it's so fucking insane how these bags have morphed mm-hmm. into their own whole universe mm-hmm. of like. And I and you know yeah. what you know you know and you know without without spilling too much dish like you know we have definitely like you know we've been selling these bags since we've launched a week ago and like we have definitely been seeing numbers and we are progressively like you know on track to becoming profit hugely profitable but like i feel that the reason why it really hasn't like kaboomed just yet in this last week is just because i haven't really like broken we haven't really broken down or shown people like an infomercial style like how to use it how to fucking use it and what exactly everything does because it kind of is complicated not well it's easy to use but well how there's so many different options once you know what you're dealing with correct and then if you're just looking at it and you don't know what the fuck it is like you're just looking at a really beautiful piece of luggage like i mean never has like form and or form and function form and function no fashion no form and fashion form fashion whatever the fuck we're trying to say function versus fashion honestly people have been trying to fight this battle since the beginning of time since the beginning of fashion Mm -hmm. is like something that functions and does and like actually does something you know, whimsical, but also looks pretty. Nobody has been able to do it. I mean, there are people that try. No, I will say the people do try to do fashion and function all the time. I see it all the time. I see our competitors. I see the people that are trying to do what we're do what we have done. But the thing about these people is that they're using vegan Leather, yes, and fucking shit material and Crop just shit that's just gonna fucking disintegrate like in be- three years. It's like beige and black. And yeah. then the crazy part, like I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna name names. I'm not gonna name names because, like, I have a fucking list of people that I'm just like, God, you're so shit. But, <laughs> like, there's this one brand in particular where, like, you know, yeah, they make cute fucking bags and they're totally functional and they're totally like cutesy, but they're not going to last. They're made no. of crap. No. And they're little, and and then the crazy part is, is that they're charging like three or four hundred dollars for like this. Oh these, yeah, these shit material bags, and people are buying them. People it's... buy them all the time. Why? Just because they look cute, because they're in cute colors or they're cute prints or something. But it's like, okay, do you really want a bag that's like gonna like break down and like look half cute Only in a couple years? For... Like, or do you want something that's gonna like actually like? last you literally a lifetime it's not even like, that more expensive to just upgrade to leather like mm-hmm. you've seen now you've seen all of the money goes into the labor of actually sewing it and putting it together it's not even the freaking materials so honestly just upgrade the materials it's only like a, t- a couple of dollars more mm-hmm. just use better materials you know not only is leather gonna last leather will last a lifetime it's like, do you want to get the most bang down. for your buck or do you just want to get a bang? You'll be able to pass like, it down to all your kids, your grandkids. Like, leather will last a lifetime. And if you don't want it to last a lifetime, 
it will biodegrade completely, mm-hmm. fully, 100%. The only thing that will be left of this purse, if it's in a landfill, is the tiny little metal zipper teeth, mm-hmm. which also is natural and, will, you know, going back into the earth. But yeah, there's no plastics or chemicals that are being, you know, seeping back into the earth. Yeah. So... But yeah, so this has been my personal journey as far as like, you know, elevating myself from simply being uh, the doll on the go who is, you know, entertaining a rich gentleman of the evening for a small, a small fee. So this has been really cool being able to elevate myself into like a whole different adult. (laughs) So... Um, wait, can we talk about that? Like what? Sex work? Sure. Let's talk about it. Do you have questions for me? Well, like, how did you get started? I mean, not to go too deep into it. Okay, no, actually, no, because this is part of my interview. Yeah, tell us. I want to know about, like, well, we're going to go in even deeper into our personal lives in other episodes. Of course. But, like, how did you become trans? How did you become a sex worker? Okay, let's talk about that. So let's see. <sighs> so let's start. Well, you started back way back in the day. So let me just start way back uh, yeah, in the yeah. day too. And I, and you know, for those that have listened to my previous podcast, traveling career girl, traveling career girl was a podcast before it was a luggage brand, by the way. So for those that are interested, you can also check out my podcast, traveling career girl on Spotify and Apple podcasts. I no longer do episodes Especially now that she they is in existence, there's just no point. But um, I will go ahead and just spill the beans now if you don't want to go back and listen there. So let's see. So when I was younger, uh, I always knew I was different. So from a very young age, I knew I was very, very, very different. Uh, I At age probably five was when I realized like, okay, like, you know, I definitely like love girly things and I love dressing up like a girl. And like, I love, like every time I would go to preschool, I would just get dressed up in like the girls clothes and dress up and I would play with dolls and I only had girlfriends like, and like, I didn't like playing with the boys. I didn't like rough housing. I didn't like sports. I didn't like any of that shit. Like I was very much a creative. I was very much girly at my entire life. And, um, like, it was painfully obvious when I was, like, a young, when I was a young little boy that I was definitely a flamboyant homosexual. So, um, and so when I was 13, I was actually, I didn't come out. I never came out. I was actually outed by, um, my mother's church friend who uh, was nosy, and this was during the days of MySpace, so back in, like, 2005, four, no, 2004, when MySpace was really popular. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, I, so when I was a kid, I definitely had a MySpace page, and um, on my MySpace page, it, you know, if you're familiar, like, you were able to put your sexual orientation down just like you can on Facebook or everywhere else. You put... And I put on my... No, I put on my MySpace page that I was bisexual at the time because I just so, it was it was it was a that's pussy, a slippery slope. It was a pussy move, but I was 13 years old when it happened, and then so, and then my uh, my mom's friend saw my MySpace, and then my mom's 
friend like immediately calls her mom up and she's like, oh my God, did you see what, like, did you see what they put on their MySpace page? And my mom and my dad, like they came out and they basically let me have it. It was really like, it was really toxic situation. I mean, today my relationship with my family is like amazing. So like, I don't necessarily want to like talk shit about my parents or how they handled the situation but I will say what they said like you know my dad's like oh you want to be a pole smoking faggot and like 13 years old I'm like okay what's no, that okay. Thanks, <laughs> thanks dad I've never even and yet. but like in that process <laughs> in that in that process like you know I that was when I realized like okay like I do not want to stick around here and so um my parents made it abundantly clear when I was younger. They said, the only way you're going to ever get the fuck out of this house is if you turn 18 or if you graduate. So I took that as a, uh, I took that as, uh, I took that as a challenge. And so I'm like, okay, well, fuck you then. So I'm going to graduate early. So I, um, went behind my mom's back and behind my parents' back. And I went up to the school counselor when I was in high school. I think it was 15 and a half at the time. And I think it was my sophomore year in high school at that time. And I had already been going to school and minding my P's and Q's. And I went and talked to the, uh, no, my, my vice principal at my high school. And I said, hey, um, I just want you to know that, like, I really hate school. I really hate people. And I don't want to graduate from this school. So it would really appreciate it if you would highly consider um letting me go to a continuation high school. And at a continuation high school, for those that don't know, continuation high schools are typically for people that are, like, degenerates that, like, don't know how to do their schoolwork and get shitty grades. And um, it's kind of like a work-at-your-own-pace high school. So, um... Which is perfect for ADHD, honestly. Yeah, so, like, but, like, you work at your own pace. But, the, you know, a lot of people that go to school, they're, like, they'll, like, you know, they'll be 20 years old and, like, just barely graduating high school. So... But like me, I wanted to utilize it as a tool. So because my vice principal saw my drive at the time, he was like, okay, I'm going to move your application to the top list because this school, there were so many degenerates in my fucking district that like there was just a long line of people trying to get into this continuation high school. And so because of my drive and because he saw that I just wanted to get the fuck out, he moved my application to the top of the list <sighs> and just let me go in. My whole fucking life I've been so fucking privileged. So, so fucking privileged. And I acknowledge it and I and I appreciate it and respect it and love it and all that stuff. And like What's, that's just my life. I'm that's sorry. The I most hate important is I, you acknowledge I, it. And I hate to, you know, whatever. I sometimes I hate admitting it, but you know what? Also, I am not afraid to admit it because like I really am blessed. I really am blessed. So to have like so many people that have been able to be in my corner this entire time, my entire life. And because of that vice principal, I don't know where he is anymore, but Ron Cox from from Morongo Unified School District, you are an amazing person for letting me go to this school and graduate early. So for that, love you. Mwah, mwah, mwah. But um, so when I went, went, so a second I got accepted into that school, um, I did three, two and a half years of high school in four months oh, and damn. I graduated at 16. Jeez. And so, and as soon as I graduated, I'm like, okay, I'm moving. Bye. <laughs> and so I left and I moved to LA and I moved in with my grandma. And when I moved to LA, um, I 
didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know if I really wanted to go to college. My grandma was really pushing me to go to college. She's like, you got to go to college. You got to go to college. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go to college. Because I really, at the time, that was when, like, that was, like, the boom of, like, the makeup artist on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Huge oh. makeup artist boom yeah. on YouTube. And so I was like, oh, my God, I love this. Like, this was, like, like I don't know if anyone's, I mean, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're familiar with Gigi Gorgeous and who Gigi yeah. Gorgeous is. But Gigi Gorgeous was just barely starting out. So then I was, like, I saw Gigi Gorgeous back when she had, like, thousands of subscribers on YouTube. And I stumbled across her. And there was a brief moment where I had more subscribers on YouTube than Gigi Gorgeous. No. Yeah, but then obviously I just didn't like stick with it, obviously, because it just like like, real life hit me and you had had bills to pay. Yeah. So I had to get a job. And so um, my first job I had in LA, I worked at a flower shop. That didn't work out. I killed all the bonsai trees. (laughs) So they fired me after like four months. And then um, I love bonsai. Yeah, I love bonsais too. They're pretty. And um, so then after that, then I was like, okay, I really want to be a makeup artist. And so. Um, and I, I had been practicing like religiously for like months and stuff and I got really good at it. So I got very good at makeup actually. And I had a, I had a panache for it. So I bit the bullet at 17 years old with a work permit and, uh, I applied to work at Mac as a freelance artist and did my whole interview process with them back in 2007, back when it was fucking cool to work for Mac and I got hired and I got a job at 17 working at Mac Cosmetics. And I worked with them for four or five years. I ended my job with them. Um, I ended my job working at like a Nordstrom counter. I was the third key manager at Mac for a minute. But um, during this time, when I was ter- when I was like figuring my life out and becoming an adult and everything like that, um, I started to, you know, I obviously was going out when, you know, when I turned 18, you know, and I had a fake ID and everything like that. So I was like going out to West Hollywood because like, you know, I'm in, I'm in LA now. So I wanted to be a part of the community and I had no sense of community where I was living and uh, when I was living, when I was going to high school with my my parents, with my parents and everything, like I had no community. My parents absolutely hated the fact that I was gay. Took away any sign of queerness from my world. Like if I had a rainbow sticker on my binder, they would rip it off, or something like that. They just w- were not down at the time. So, but um, so yeah. So I really craved that sense of community. And so I was going, I started to go out a lot. And so one of the first clubs I ever went out to in West Hollywood was Rage. Now I believe it's something else. I believe it's called Heart. Heart, huh? the, the club Heart, where we went and saw yeah. Bosco and Sasha Colby. And uh, the, that when, I, when we went that one night, that was the first gay club I ever went to. And that was called Rage at the time. Wow. So that's cute. Yeah. So and then when I went there, that is when I got introduced to one of my friends who I'm still friends with to this day. We have kind of lost touch, but we're still friends. And her name is Kristen Taylor, but at the time her name was something else because she also was transgender. We just didn't know it at the time. So but when we met each other we were just two little twinks in West Hollywood. We were both 18, and we both just fell in love with each other. And um, we ended up, like, 
being a huge part of each other's lives and a part of each other's transition and everything. But because um, we were just so twinky and we were so femmy, we were just like each other's clone, essentially. Um, we then decided, oh, we should start dressing in drag. And we wanted to start dressing in drag. And I was like, okay, like, I like makeup. You like makeup. Like, you know, it's just like, it was just like the next step. Because, like, I was already, like, so invested in makeup artistry and everything like that. So um, we started to dress up in drag. So I got, like, you know, my first little wig. And I got my first little set of pumps from Ross. And I, like, got all dolled up. And we, our styles were questionable back in the day. Like, my friend, like, would wear, like, this really bad synthetic blonde hair oh, wig no. with like an Ed Hardy cap and oh, like ooh. slippers. Wait, I had a hat like, over the top of a wig. Uh-huh, an Ed Hardy hat and then like slippers Goodness. and like really bad like clothes. But um, anyways, we loved the attention that we were getting <laughs> when we were dressing up. And so people would like give us the attention we ever so want, we, we, that we craved. And so we would just like... There were some clubs that we were, like, kind of red flagged from at the time because we were underage. We were under 21. So, like, there was a lot of places to be like, no, you can't come in here, bitch. And, but Rage was one of them where we, they would let us go in. Obviously, I think it was an 18 and over club at the time. But, um, anyways, on nights where we couldn't get into the bars, we would just get dressed up and we would just literally march around Santa Monica Boulevard and just be seen by people. We wouldn't even go in the bar or drink. We would just, like, walk around Santa Monica Boulevard. It wasn't really my choice thing to do. It was more my friends. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to do it with you. Like, but anyways, one night we we were um, walking around Santa Monica Boulevard. And we... It was, you know, almost closing time. It was about 2 a.m. And a lot of the clubs were already shutting down. People were, like, dispersing and everything. And we're still dressed up. And we're like, we just wanted to be seen. And we're walking around. And we're all dolled up. And then all of a sudden, this fully tricked out fucking Hummer just, like, like screeches up aside. And he rolls out his window. And it's, like, this sexy guy. And, um... Yeah, so without uh, naming names, uh, this celebrity's name was And so, but um, he was a celebrity, and I we didn't even realize it at the time, but um, yeah, we, we were just like, oh, like, you kind of look like this person, but not really, but we're like, okay, like, well, he's like, hey, you guys want to come in and have a good time? I got, he literally is like, I got bumps. And at the time, like, I was, like, really, like, into cocaine. Like, so without, without, like, you know, dropping too many bumps. Now I'm a sober, I'm a sober girl. But um, with the exception of uh, weed and alcohol, of course. But uh, at the time, he tempted, we gave in. And so we're like, yeah! let's go in like we're gonna get a bump and so we go in his car (laughs) and um we're hanging out and like we end up like one thing led to the next and like we ended up kind of like giving him like a two girl show experience like a light perfect so like you know light kind of like diet a diet a a, a diet two girl show experience (laughs) like kind of like sucked his dick like you know the smart more so stroked it or anything but anyways at the end of this you know we got our bumps we got our you know judge and then at the end of it like we're getting ready to like get out of his hummer and he hands us each at the, and this sounds fucking bad, but you have to remember the year. It was 2000. Uh, it was it was 2000 fucking eight, 2000 fucking nine, and um, we had no idea. We had no idea how to fuck how the fucking world works, and so he hands us each three hundred dollars, and we're like, well, what the fuck is this for? 
And he's like, you guys aren't working girls? And he thought we were working girls because we were on the fucking street. And so we're like, no. He's like, you guys aren't on, you guys aren't on Eros. And for those that don't know, like Eros is a big reputable escort website um, that I have actually been hosting on for the last so many fucking years. And for those that aren't up to speed, it is a fully legal website. And it is based in Sweden, so no one could ever get in trouble for it and fight me on that. So, um, but yeah, so he's actually the one, this celebrity was actually the one that got us uh, in tune with the actual websites that the girls utilize to promote themselves. Well, it's his fault. And so it's all his fault. So I have fucking to fucking thank for my fucking hoe career. A hundred thousand percent. Thank you. I really do appreciate it. Cunt. Anyway, so. <laughs> well, um. Cunt. 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 I count. Um, so, yeah, so once we got the information from XYZ, from this guy, we were like, okay, maybe we should, like, just check this out and see what this has to offer. And so we did and we posted our ads and then we started off rough. We definitely did because, you know, at the time I was living with my grandma. So like maybe like a week or two later, we started to dibble dabble in the idea of actually like taking this seriously. And so we, a week later, so we were like, okay, let's like just get a hotel room and like, we'll just like, try to see if we can do anything with this and so we got the jankiest fucking hotel room in santa monica it was called the santa monica Inn at the time i'm pretty sure they condemned the building and like mm. bulldozed <laughs> it down it was like one of those really like divey meth hotels oh. and it was like 45 dollars for the oh. night it was real bad real bad but we were there we made the most of it and because we because we it's so funny because there were so many other nicer hotels in the area like there was a fucking holiday inn like right off of santa monica boulevard and we went in there we're like oh how much we had no idea how to book a hotel room we were so stupid because mind you we're like 19 years old like hey do you guys have a room to book how do you do it and they're like yeah we have a room for you it's gonna be 200 and like or it was like you know 180 dollars for the evening or something like that the holiday in Santa Monica and at the time you know I work at Mac my girl my girlfriend was literally a caregiver and we're just we're babe we're, we're we haven't even made our first dollar we, we made three hundred dollars from fucking what's his face so like yeah but um we made like three hundred dollars it was like all the money that we had uh had earned so we had no concept so but we so we were like okay we want to spend low so we booked this room we booked our ads and we ended up making like I think it, like that evening we made like six hundred dollars each, and we were just like flabbergasted. We're like, oh my god, we made so much money! I, just, oh my god, like what this is our what is our life, Stephen? We just made six. We like because when you think about it, like when I was working at Mac, I was making like maybe three grand a month, if that. Like and that was all the money I had. Like, so it was like I was making $800 a week. So obviously I thought that that was super gaggy that I just made all this money in a matter of hours. And so it really quickly inspired me to 
want to leave my job at Mac because I felt like I was just getting like undervalued and underappreciated because I've been working there for so long already. And after so many years, I feel like this is everyone's sad story with their jobs. But, um, so yeah, ultimately I ended up like quitting on a whim after my New York trip. Uh, I went on a New York trip with, uh, some girlfriends and stuff and we were elevating our, uh, traveling career girl careers. And, um, when I quit, for Mac, I fell into a really, really, really deep depression. And I hadn't really been taking my transition like 100% seriously. Like it was just like, I was toying with the idea and I was toying with hormones and I was toying with gender expression and how I was presenting and wearing women's clothes. I mean, obviously like, you know, I was an alien, I was androgynous. So like, when I quit, I was at home and I was just laying in bed and there was this one TV show I was watching and I want to say the name of the show on Bravo that I was watching was called Sheer Genius. It was like a hairstylist competition. And um, one of the contestants on this show, he was this like 60-year-old, incredibly flamboyant uh, gay man and he had really bad skin and really bad style and he wore like a face full of makeup and he had drawn on eyebrows and I'm just looking at this motherfucker and I'm like, God, I really hope this is not me in 40 years because like I just could not imagine it or envision myself being like, you know, just a fucking sad faggot. I just, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And so I was like, no, I think I know what the problem is here. And I already had all my trans friends. And I was like, no, I think I know what the, what the, what the right thing to do is. And the real girl, the the real thing was, the real, real thing that I need to do is like, all right, I know what I need to do. I need to, I need to become pussy. <laughs> Fucking can't wait. Were you stuff. ready for that? Yes. <laughs> I I love these sound bites. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I, I think I know what I need to do. I need to. I need. I think I need to take my transition seriously. So I said, all right, I'm gonna take my hormone journey a little more seriously, and then we'll see how I feel like in a matter of a month or two. And six months later, I got my first little boob job, and the rest was history. And so that is kind of how. <laughs> So, I mean, that is pretty much my journey as a trans woman and as a as a sex worker in the early, early years of everything. Like, this is back when, like, you know, it was still kind of, like, sketchy at times and stuff. But I am so grateful for my life experiences. I am so grateful for all the people that I've been able to meet over the years. Um, you know, this... This industry that I'm in and this life path that I've chosen, you know, contrary to popular belief, because I feel like a lot of mainstream conception of what it is that we do is like it's really painted out to be like this whole like scary, toxic, negative downright dirty experience of life and it's just not my experience and granted I, I I count that for me just having the privilege that I have and again super grateful but um yeah it's just my my experience has never really been negative in this whole thing why it's because I'm smart it's because I know what the fuck I'm doing it's because I don't put myself in sketchy situations and I value myself and my time and my energy and 
you know, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to be a janky hoe. I'm just not. So, but um, I am grateful for my life's past, my life choices, because if I hadn't made certain choices, I probably would not be here in this room with you. And I would not have this brand. And I would not be doing XYZ. So, yeah, that's my history. And, you know, and since and since taking off in this world and this and since, you know, all that has happened, um, I've really been able to really make a very comfortable life for myself and not only for myself, but for my family and for my friends and the people that matter to me. So that part I am super grateful for, too. Um, but, yeah, that's a little tidbit about me. <laughs> Fabulous. I guess. Thank you for sharing. Thank you yeah. for sharing your well, vulnerable you fucking asked. <laughs> well, I thought, why not crack that egg open on the first date? Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So as far as this podcast go, let's circle right back around to this podcast. So ultimately... I think what we want, the direction that we want to go with this whole podcast is we definitely want to talk about things that are really important to us, like everything that we're working on right now. I think it'd be really cool to like talk with you guys on a, like, you know, a bi-weekly or weekly or however often basis. And we just give you updates on what's going on and whatever we're working on. Like, you know, we have a huge fashion show that we're getting ready for. Obviously we're, we're presenting this year with fashion next, um, on the runway. So that's we, right. October five, six and seven. And we will be showing on these. Well, six, hold on. We're not right. Maybe, maybe we'll to announce it. Well, maybe, I don't know. We don't, we don't know exact dates yet. So, but, but please come five, six, and seven will be one of those days. Yes. I, th- I'm not sure if we're allowed to announce it yet, but. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's scratch that and reverse it. So, yeah, so we are, we are, we are, um, we are working very diligently on our new collaboration. We work, we're presenting on the runway this year with Fashion X. So, uh, what are the dates again? October 5, 6, and 7. Okay, yeah, that's right. So October 5th through 7th is when Fashion Next is happening. We don't know the exact day that we're going to be presenting just yet, but when we figure it out, we will obviously be screaming it to the world. And we'll be revealing it online. Mm-hmm. We'll be revealing all of our other pieces because it's, mo- it's a lot more than just, I feel like, some of like the past collections that you've worked on. Obviously, this is a collab- This is your first collaborative effort. Yeah. This yeah. is my first runway fashion any fucking thing. So it, we're definitely making it abundantly clear to the world that we are trying to take ourselves seriously into the next level. So, and I feel that... Like with your past collections, it's mo- mostly been like you know you've been showcasing like your the bags and like you know more more like the harnesses and the bags. But I mm-hmm. feel like this with this collection, you're showcasing a lot more than just bags and harnesses. You're doing couture. You're doing clothes. Yeah. You're doing some really cool things that you're stepping out of your comfort zone that you'll able to, you'll be able to show everyone. Like there's so much more to culture than just like leather and harnesses and bags. A lot more unconventional materials, more chain and metal mm-hmm. and plastic and um, like, you know, formed acrylic and um, yeah, all different kinds of 
non, you know, <coughs> traditional fabrics that you would think of when you think of like creating apparel mm-hmm. out of a lot of like mesh and laser cutting. Lots of mesh. Yeah. And, um, yeah, also a lot of sparkle and glitz and glam. Yes. We're definitely playing into Barbie core culture for oh, sure. Yeah, for sure. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, I was actually walking down the street on first Thursday, which was just a couple of days ago. And, um, I had a newfound confidence after watching the Barbie Barbie movie. Oh, I loved the Barbie movie so much that if you fucking hate the Barbie movie, you have no taste. I thought that was the funniest fucking movie. Yeah, well, it's more than just if you don't you don't have taste. But if you did, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, exactly. No, anyway, so I have I honestly have this newfound energy where I feel like all like gays and femmes and women have united over the Barbie movie, hopefully Mm -hmm. in a way where I honestly, I walked, so I was walking down, um, in first Thursday and it was like all totally bro-y, bro'd out. Everybody. So bro-y. And you know what? Loved it. It was the first (laughs) time that I've ever been in that type of bro crowd where I literally just pushed my way through. And and I was like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Move, and I'm was, a barb. Move, move, I'm gay. <laughs> it was literally move, I'm gay. And I thought, you know what? Fuck them. Because it's our time now. I It was funny. I, like, I was like, you know, any girl I hope would stick up for me if, if anything were to happen in this setting. And I think, and anyway, I just felt kind of like a newfound confidence to like be myself um, you know, and take up gay space in straight spaces. Yeah, you know, I feel that people like have a, the wrong perception when 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 people like, especially when like cis and straight people and people that aren't a part of the community. I feel that they have a really uh, a skewed perception on what's really going on with the world. Like they think that like oh, like all these gay people are trying to push an agenda and blah 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 x y z. But like no, it's not really what's happening. Like no, we're just finally getting the recognition and the and the and the and the, and the admiration that I feel that we deserve like as creative because like queer people are some of the most creative people on the planet um it's just exactly. without say so like why wouldn't you want to uplift and hear more people from other walks of life like why do you only want to hear straight stories why do you only want to hear straight experiences like I don't only want to hear gay experiences. <laughs> I don't. I certainly don't only want to hear trans experiences. I want to hear all experiences. So why are you so shut off from wanting to hear other people's perspective from other different walks of life? Shouldn't you want to expand your knowledge as a human being? Exactly. I mean, that's just my perception. And I think that is exactly why we started this podcast mm-hmm. is because to expose lots of different perspectives. Yes. That's all, that's a huge yes, a hundred thousand percent. Because also, like, we like you know everyone is like you know we we don't like you know there's a lot of things that are going on in this world right now, especially with like you know just queer culture and everything like that. There's a lot of things that like you know I do have an opinion and a half about that maybe don't a hundred percent align with the general perception of what the gay opinion is like i just i don't fit a hundred percent of this like uber liberal staunch left viewpoint like i've just that's never been me i'm very i've always been very like smack dab right in the middle and i feel that like there 
are a lot of people in our community like that that are just too scared to say anything because they're so scared of like cancel culture Mm -hmm. and all that stuff, which both you and I have unfortunately been victims of. Correct. Which I would very love to open up again about on this podcast in a future episode. Oh, we fully plan on it. We actually are going to devote like I, we had a whole episode breakdown in case you haven't seen it yet but we have an ep- breakdown of all this shit that we really want to talk about but we're definitely going to be fitting in a lot more other topics in these episodes too but cancel culture and our experience with it it's definitely a huge reason why we also wanted to talk and start this podcast is because we want to Speak our truth. Yeah, speak our truth. Because <laughs> I feel like a lot of people, when in, in our experiences, when we when we went through our own uh, walks with cancel culture and stuff, I feel that we didn't really have a fair shot at really speaking where we were, like speaking our minds and com- and really letting people know where where exactly we were coming from. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I feel like I've learned a lot through that experience, like, as a white person. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I was completely blind um, starting out as a, as a creative and as a designer, and um, just a completely blind, ignorant white person. And um, it's taught me a lot about just the space I've take, I take up uh, in queer spaces or, um, you know, different people of color spaces. Mm-hmm. So, um, we won't touch too much on it cause we don't want to give too much away, but yeah, we will talk about our fucking canceled experiences. That's for fucking sure. But yeah, cause I still have an definitely... opinion and a half about it. So. But yeah, it's definitely, um, I, it's definitely blessed me to become more aware, mm-hmm. um, and, and just more here. conscious yes. and more like, you know, it's forced me to do my own tons of research and um learning and so yeah anyway we also hope to share what and it's really also it's really also about how you respond to how you were canceled and how you take all the negative things that people were saying about you and the things that yeah were bothered the things that people were bothered by about you it's how you respond to it and how you take that and how you grow from that and i feel that we have both done a lot of growth correct for sure. oh for sure so yeah i even see a lot of this a lot of white people around me making the exact same mistakes especially white creatives and white designers mm-hmm. making the exact same mistakes that i was making mm-hmm. um back when i was first starting out and i it's just it's it's interesting this whole experience and without talking about it too much but like you as far but as far as like i just don't want people to get the wrong impression without us talking too much into it but what you did was not even deemed really as cancelable, but you were still canceled for something so fucking stupid. So let's just stipulate that. we'll leave we'll leave you hanging with that crumb of information for right now. But what you what happened with you wasn't even necessarily like it was not worth it for them to do what they did to you. There was no fucking excuse. It was harsh, but like I won't take it back. Mm-hmm. That's like, true. No. I do feel... I, there was I some feel validity. Like, there was some you know, validity. You can't invalidate people's feelings, of course, but also bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like so much time has gone by that, you know, hopefully we can talk about it safely now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, I, think it was, I think it was a little harsh 
because I was so young Mm -hmm. and I was not mentally prepared um, like, because I was literally having such like a, you know, like so much growth and then being praised so much and then to well, and be also, torn down so mm-hmm. quickly, um, it was kind of traumatizing, which I know like that's my white experience, like, you know, but I think I honestly, looking back, I would, I would never, I, I wouldn't change it because it was such a learning experience mm-hmm. and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like I'm not completely woke or anything like I, you know, every mm-hmm. day is, I always learn more every day, Of course. but like, I would never want to be like a dumb white person. Right. I would never want to be ignorant again. So I'm really Agreed. glad that that happened to me. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, like you got canceled, you, you were canceled before it was cool to get canceled. So, so that was like, that was like, <laughs> it, yeah, it was cool to be canceled in 2020. So that, that happened a while ago, <clears throat> but yeah, no. So that's, we really want to use this platform just to elevate queer voices. You know, we plan to definitely have some guests on this show. Oh, lots as well. of guests. We would like, love to have lots and lots of guests, maybe even do this, a live version of this or mm-hmm. something, if we can figure it out. Yep. Like a call in version where we can like, you know, answer your questions and we can be more interactive with our listeners and stuff. Like I did try to do that a little bit with my traveling career girl podcast, but honestly, all the calls that I were getting were literally from clients thinking that they were calling my fucking phone number and it was, the voicemail was just chock full of like, Hey, Hey, baby, like, I want to come over and suck your dick. Yeah, but, but like, fuck, honestly, I now, like, <laughs> let's listen to those. That's honestly, good content. Looking back, honestly, looking back on it, I kind of wish I did fucking do that because that would have been fucking epic. That would be hilarious. Just fucking listening back. So, anyways, if any clients want to call in on our hotline, you know, in the coming weeks, like, you know, feel free to. <laughs> we'll be posting the phone number. We're gonna get everything set up, uh-huh. and yeah, we'll be we're, we'll be posting the she they phone number. Please call in and say, say whatever hi, you want, and we'll put you on the air. Absolutely, and, and we will. we'll answer your relationship questions or your life questions or mm-hmm. yeah, we just you know if or honestly, if you're a queer with a business or you're starting you know some type of um, little entrepreneurship. Please call in, tell us about it, and we will put you on the air. We'll blast you out. We'll bla- tell us your Instagram handle. Tell us your website. Yeah. And we'll promote you. Yeah. I'm all for uplifting queer and trans and LGBT voices because, like, you know, we all need a platform. And for the longest time, I feel like a lot of people just, like, overlooked me, and I feel like probably have even overlooked you. And so to be able to provide something for other people, like, that in itself is cool. And also just to, like, create a community. Yes. I think is something that, like, I always crave. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've always felt like an outcast and, like, growing up, you know. So, you know, I've never fit in with anybody. And I feel like a lot of other queer people have a lot of similar experiences. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, if we can do anything to create a small little cute community, Mm -hmm. um, that would be wonderful. Yep. So big plans for this podcast for sure and uh again as we said earlier this is definitely going to be a full-fledged video podcast so you will actually like be seeing our face in hd and yes it will we have be, a lot of renovations it, it will be on youtube it will be available next episode everything was delayed we we were literally on track to have everything completed yeah but this last sheet, this last sh- week with the launch and everything has just been a lot so like to have the sheet rocking and everything done and the 
you all build a business and you all build a podcast studio and you all do X, Y, Z. And you tell me if you do it all. Fuck. Let me know if you do it better. Let me know what you did. <laughs> let, let, let me know what you did right. <laughs> so, because I'm begging. I'm waiting. But, um, yeah, no. We're super happy that we finally, like, have this, like, in motion. And it's actually, like, here we are. Here's episode fucking one. We finally did it. So... I am so thankful for all of our listeners that we have coming in. Like, you know, I know that we're going to have like, you know, a handful of people listening for sure right out the gate. So um, thank you for your continued support. For those of you who don't follow us, you can follow me, Taylor Snyder. You can follow me on Instagram at Taylor Snyder. Or you can follow the brand that Colty and I both birthed, and that my, that brand is called At Traveling Career Girl. That is my baby brand. And Colty, where can they find you? You can follow me at Colty Leather um, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I also have a few other um, fun various Instagrams that you can find me on, such as um, I still have Colty PDX, which I think I'm going to maybe put some personal stuff on and like some junk shit so that. You know, I can keep my leather profile a little more clean. Your Finsta. Yeah, that's my Finsta. Culty PDX is still going. <coughs> and also um, a new one, Culty Worldwide. Oh, whatever um, will we do. I don't know Culty what we'll Worldwide. do with that one. Yep. Um, also, She They podcast. Yep. You can follow us at She They if you already aren't. Um, Please. Because that is that is the... That it's the one-stop shop to find out everything she-they related. So you just follow us at she-they podcast. We also have our websites and mm-hmm. our various link trees that are set up. Yes. So you can find all that information in our link trees on our Instagrams. Um, and then, of course, we're on Facebook, TikTok, under all the same names as well. So feel free to look us up. Yes. And obviously, we'll be uploading this to YouTube. Even if we're not doing video some days. We're still going to have fierce we'll, graphics. Correct. We will still be uploading fierce graphics to YouTube. That way, you guys can still see, you know, like have some good visuals with your audio um, or whatever also, platform speaking of the fierce graphics, I feel like... Should we tell them the truth about our graphics? I'm just curious. I'm just like, because I really like, I, I know that there's been a couple people, like I've heard just like close acquaintances of ours through the grapevine. They're like, oh my God, like where'd you get these graphics from? Blah, 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 blah. Like when did you take, when did you have time? Well, should we tell them? We might as well. Yeah. Okay. So Colton and I are huge huge supporters of using uh ai as a tool (laughs) so and um we definitely love this one app called we'll just say it because it's like everyone's gonna know about it remedy we love remedy because okay so like if you upload like you know 12 of your selfies like ai will generate like a bunch of like these crazy images of your face like it literally looks like you but it just kind of looks like a face-tuned version of you for sure so we did all that and we're like oh my god these look kind of stunty and so we like just took our graphics and we like made something fucking really cool out of it so even though i hate how ai is like replacing like people's jobs i love using ai as a tool right we love ai as a tool correct and if me as a small business can use it to grow Mm -hmm. yes i might be putting other people out of business but me as a small business if i can grow that's all that matters yeah we're not fucking amazon over here so like give us a fucking break um 
But yeah, so fun fact, our graphics were fully AI generated, mama. So eat that. Smoke, put that in your pipe and smoke it. We were actually sitting on the couch. <laughs> we were sitting on the couch looking like fucking busted fucking mess. And like we turned out a fucking full-blown fucking photo shoot. <laughs> in se- matching sequin gowns. In matching sequin gowns, no less. In full beat. Yeah. So, but yeah, so... Uh, but we will definitely be having our videos for sure coming out next episode. Um, and uh, yeah, but other than that, this has been really cool. I think we're stretching into way over an hour and a half now. And I'm sure some people are getting restless listening to our voices. So we'll go ahead and kind of cap it at that. But um, on that note, like this has been a fierce first episode, Colty. I love the direction that we're going in this with this. And um, I'm super excited for the future episodes. That's for fucking sure. So that being said, yeah, is that, that be- everything? I guess that's it. Is so. that a wrap? Yes, that's a wrap. All well, right, folks. Uh, I think that's a wrap. So. <laughs> Yeah.